Welcome to a special transfer edition of the Celtic Way with Tony Haggerty and Sean Martin. And we're delighted to be joined on the pod today by Jason Lee. Now, Jason is a Korean football journalist and expert. And yes, you've guessed it as to why he's here. He's here to enlighten the Celtic supporters and ourselves and help us all expand our knowledge on Celtic's transfer target, Oh Shun Gyu. And Jason can pronounce uh, Correct me on my pronunciation of that any second now. But a fee of two and a half million has reportedly been agreed by Celtic and Suwon Samson Blue Wings. And the Korean striker has been given a green light to travel to Glasgow and seal the switch. So Jason is here to fill us in on everything we need to know about all. So first and foremost, we extend a very, very warm welcome to you, Jason. And thanks for joining Sean and me in the Celtic way. We appreciate it greatly. Now you can... Correct my pronunciation. I'll just call him O. How do you say it, Jason? <laughs> no, first of all, thank you for the invitation, guys. Really, really excited for this transfer. I've been keeping an eye on it for, for a while now because um, I know Celtics fans may not like the name anymore, but Cho Gyu-sung was also linked to you guys, who is another yes. striker. Uh, both very, very talented strikers. I'm excited that we can finally see another Korean, um, you know, in Scotland's biggest team. And, um, you know, if you guys remember, um, there were two other Korean players before, uh, yep. Ki Dong Young and Cha Duri. And uh, Celtic is a, is a team that is very, very familiar to Korean football fans. And I think a lot of people um, are looking forward to seeing just how Oh Hyun Gyu, which is the, you, you nailed the pronunciation, Tony. You nailed it. Um, <laughs> see how Oh can uh, thrive um, with this move, move to Europe. Yeah, that was my first question, Jason, because you were you were on Twitter and you get very excited about this, didn't you? You said that yourself that you put out on Twitter that you were excited to see this happen, and basically that's why it's a it's a great opportunity for O, isn't it? It is a fantastic opportunity for him. I think his his he said his dream was always to play in Europe, and I think that's the case for pretty much every um, Korean football player because Europe is kind of like the center; it's the hub of football nowadays, right? And uh, I'm not trying to say that um, the Scottish League is any inferior to any other European league, but it is also an, a, an amazing opportunity to showcase your talents and maybe get even poached by um, a, a lot of the dreams for Korean players is to go to the Premier League, for example. And I think it's a perfect yeah. avenue. And I think he's excited for um, a new journey. He's he's it's his opportunity, you know, to, to ball out for two to three years and, and really really catch the eyes uh, of of course the celtic fans and of course um other european scouts so i think it's his, it's a, it's a really dream move for him and i think it's a great match on paper as well on that note jason first of all thanks thanks for coming on but um one of the things that we hear celtic manager as postacoglu say often when it comes to transfers and his recruitment process and different things like that is that he doesn't just sign players he signs people uh, with that in mind, to the best of your knowledge, obviously, what kind of personality does O have? Is it the type, because he's only 21, but is it the type to be a kind of leading member in the dressing room despite that? Yeah, for sure. I think um, this obviously isn't the, the case for all Korean players, but in general, um, the Korean players um, are quite humble. They're always hardworking. They're very, very eager to listen to the manager's instructions. And everywhere they go, they're universally liked by the other players in you know, on the team. And I think what speaks to O's personality the most, to me at least, is that he voluntarily enlisted in the military. So in Korea, there's like a, a mandatory military mm -hmm. 
uh, conscription that every player and every uh, Korean male has to go. And he actually chose to do that really early in his career because he knew that at the end of the day, he wanted to play in uh, the world's football's biggest stage. And I think to me, that speaks a lot about his character. You know, he's proactively um, trying to look out for his future and look out, you know, he's always ambitious, right? He's ambitious, but he's also really, really humble. And I think that, you know, in the in the videos of him speaking and in the videos of his interactions with his national team members that I've seen as well, you know, you're going, you're getting um, a good player, but also a really, really good character as well. I think the Celtic manager will warm to that, won't you, Sean? That's I think true. so. Uh, you've also you've I've scratched that military service question off of the <laughs> off the agenda as well because that's answered already as well. But no, I agree with you, Tony. I think you'll, you'll, you'll very much like the sound of that as a personality. Now, when the move first came up, Jason, the player himself said this: Celtic, a prestigious club, gave me a good offer. I think of a I have a big desire to take on this opportunity. I am cautious to say at this place, but when the previous club said that such an offer had come. I told the club I wanted to go and requested a transfer. It was a situation where we were waiting for the club's position. Now, obviously, that's moved on, but that showed his commitment that he wanted, as you say, he's ambitious and he wanted this move to happen. And as you say, he's maybe thinking ahead that a move to Celtic and then possibly further down the line, he could maybe play in the English Premier League. But he certainly wanted the Celtic move as soon as he heard of their interest. For sure. And I think this move was a little bit difficult because the both the club and the manager at the beginning of the transfer window firmly stated that O was in their plans for the start of the uh, 2023 K-League season. It's a bit different with the K-League in Korea. Uh, the season starts actually in February, late February or early March. And so currently right now the teams are in preseason training and it's, it's difficult to find like I'm sure they're in a difficult situation right now to find his replacement in maybe less than a month. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think Celtics proposal was too good to turn down for both the player and the club. And like you said, Oh, from the very first um, moment, he got that offer from Celtic. Um, he was very tempted. He was very intrigued by the offer. And ultimately I just think it needed a little bit of push, a little bit of financial push from Celtic side, which came, and that was able to convince the the manager and the club to to accept the offer. And now they're looking for um, O's replacement. Because I think the manager at one point said, I, I couldn't keep breaking his heart. Is that right? So yeah, he's the guy crying at the door, having you know <laughs> chapped it many, many times. I think just to add a little bit of context as well, um, the difference between O and Cho's team. Um, so Cho plays for the number one team in Korea. And they are owned by uh, Hyundai, uh, which you guys may or may not be familiar with, the, the Korean car producing company. Yeah. And they are very like a very much a big football conglomerate. It's very business oriented. And they're try they will definitely try and get um, a big fee as possible. Whereas with Suwon, um, O's team, they a lot of their um, club identity is based on their academy and developing players and you know shipping them off to bigger teams. And I think they're very much more open to sending their players to Europe because uh, that raises the prestige of their team as well. So I think that's the a little bit of difference why the Cho's transfer was a bit more difficult to complete, um, whereas O um, was able to get across the finish line. How do you think he'll, he'll cope going from a team like Suwon to Celtic in terms of expectation level and the difference between it? Because you're saying yourself there that there's bigger clubs in Korea 
Uh, they're not necessarily defined by their pursuit of trophies, and they're certainly not in the way that Celtic are. So how do you think he'll cope in terms of expectation level? I think mentality-wise, he's a very strong character. He's very, very confident in himself and in his abilities. Um, you're right. You're absolutely right. I think that there will be a, a little bit of um, shock that comes to him. Of course, a culture shock moving from Korea to Scotland, very, very different countries. And of course, the, the team is a little bit different as well. Like Suwon was maybe a mid-table team. Um, they were in the relegation battle for a little bit, whereas uh, Celtic is always um, challenging for, for the Scottish title, right? But I think under a very, very capable um, and encouraging manager like Postacoglu, who has experience, you know, in Asia and has experience bringing over Japanese players to Celtic, um, I, I have no doubts that, you know, there might be a little bit of an adjustment period, but if the fans are patient and give him six months, maybe 12 months to adapt, um, O himself is going to do everything in his power to make the, the adjustment as, soon as, po as smooth as possible. Um, and I don't think, at the end of the day, I think that he'll be a great player for you guys. I suspect that I know the answer to this um, because of what you said already, but, and it kind of ties in with what you mentioned about Postacoglu's coaching there, but several players... Both new players and players that were already at Celtic have improved their games overall under Ange Postacoglu. And I suppose, given he seems to have the personality, as you say, and, and the raw tools uh, to excel at Celtic, I suppose my question is, is he a coachable player in that in that respect? Because he, he might need to um, adapt the way that he plays the game as a striker. Absolutely. I think he's 100% a, a coachable player. And um, to, an example that I'd love to give you guys is... Um, so our previous manager in the Korean national team was Paolo Bentu, and his football style is very possession-based. It's very pro proactive, building up from the back, and he requires a certain mold of, of a forward, of a center forward. And that's pretty different from the way that um, O usually plays in Suwon. But the, the 27th player, actually, that was chosen for the Korean national team to go to Qatar, um, that would have played if Son... Um, like the guy who plays for Tottenham, couldn't play, was actually O. And I think that speaks to his coachability. At a young age, he was able to get into the national team ahead of more experienced veterans. And, you know, he's eager to learn. He's always eager to fit the system and make things work. So I think that, you know, similarly under Postacoglu, who we know is a brilliant manager, I think that, you know, I, I, personally, I am very, very excited to see how Postacoglu helps develop O. Develop o. And then also I'm excited to see how all fits in post Koglu system. Yeah. Now he scored was it 14 and 39 appearances last season. That's that's a decent ratio, and it included a run of eight goals in ten games. Now, that's the kind of goal scoring prowess that you know takes you far in football. And can you see him transferring that into the Scottish Premiership? Because with a club like Celtic, and if he plays, he will presented, he will be presented with a lot of chances. Jason, no Celtic are an attacking football team that create a lot of goals going chances. For sure. I think he's still working on his finishing abilities, but we have to remember he's only 21, right? Yeah. And I also think that his other qualities, you know, his ability to press, his ability to relentlessly attack the defenders, and, you know, he's not afraid to put in a challenge. Um, he's very good in the air. I think that a lot of those abilities will help him, will help mitigate um, any problems in his finishing. But I also have no doubts that the finishing will eventually come up to a standard that fits um, the player that Celtic wants. 
Um, and just saying that because I'm not saying that he's a poor finisher. I'm saying that, you know, with, with the adjustment of a new league, um, with the nervousness and the anxiety of playing for a new team and in a big stage, like, um, like playing for Celtic, I think that, you know, there could be a little bit of bumps, but I also think that, you know, he's confident enough and he's hardworking enough to, to get through those difficulties and adversities. Sean, I don't know about you, but my first thought there was Dyson Ryder. <laughs> the, the, the relentless pressing part, yeah. I, um, yeah, I think you'll like that as well. Yeah. Uh, Jason, this kind of ties into that as well, and, and also into what you said earlier on about adjusting to a new, a new, um, a new country and stuff. But tactically, even though Tony's right, Celtic have a massive amount of possession and they create a hell of a lot of chances, but a Celtic striker doesn't get all that many touches of the ball. Um, and is instead expected to rely on kind of intelligent movement, off-ball qualities like the pressing that you mentioned uh, during games. So are those conditions that you do see him thriving under, even though there'll be an, an adaptation period, an adjustment period off the pitch? I think, yeah, I think that, um, the, the system that you described, Sean, I think that's perfect for him. You know, I don't think that he's necessarily um, the most technical player. Um, for example, since I watch so much Spurs, I don't think that his play style is like Harry Kane. But I think for me, I've heard that his role model, I don't know if you guys are um, too familiar with this game, but his uh, role model that he told the Korean media was Huntelar, um, Dutch forward. Yeah, and yeah. he tries to model his game off of Huntelar. And I don't know if that's going to be uh, like the perfect fit for Postacoglu. But from what you described, Sean, I think that, you know, I do think that there are some similarities there that that you know he could be a good fit now we spoke off air and i said to you that celtic have plundered the j-league in japan with huge success since postacoglu took over the reins of the club uh, can those capture be the kind of start of something similar in in the k-league are there others there jason that you could see making that kind of similar move because you say there are lots of the korean players it's their dream to maybe play scotland and then england Stuff like that. Can you see this being the tip of the iceberg kind of thing? Oh, maybe opening the floodgates to that happening too? Absolutely. I, uh, the Talent-wise, I think that, you know, the Japanese players and the Korean players are very comparable. They are very, very good young players that are hungry and eager to play in Europe. The one difference, Tony, is that it's the military, uh, mandatory military. Yeah. In Japan, that doesn't exist. So it's much easier for the younger players to head over to Scotland or Turkey or the Netherlands, right? Because they don't have that worry. Whereas in Korea, if you're 23, 24, you're starting to think about when am I going to either win military exemption by winning you know, a medal at the Olympics or the gold medal at the Asian Games? Or am I, am I going to have to enlist and play for the military club? So I think O was in a very unique situation in that he was 21 and he already completed his military service. Uh, actually, Cho Gyu-sung is in the same situation. He also completed his military um, service early on. So I think that if Celtic looks at these niche players who are very young and very talented, but also have completed their military service, then I think for sure that O can open the floodgates for, for future Korean players in Celtic. Uh, on that note as well, uh, you kind of touched on this at the very, very start, uh, but if you could go into a wee bit more detail, what would you say Celtic's profile is like in South Korea at this stage? Because you, you rightly mentioned Key and Cha um, played a few years now since then, but is, there's, there's still definitely a link between the club and Korea, isn't there? 
Absolutely. I think that even on Twitter, I've seen a lot of Korean Celtic, either fan accounts or just Korean Celtic fans that are excited about the move. And I would say that the perception of um, Celtic, like it's definitely considered a very big club in Korea. And we also know that a lot of Korean football fans watch the Champions League or the Europa League. So it's not like they haven't had exposure to Celtic. And I also think that Korean fans also keep an eye on, on what our rivals uh, Japan are doing. And we've seen all these Japanese talents go and thrive in Celtic. And I think it's created a, a very positive image of Celtic as a club that's very open to accepting Asian players. Because in reality, um, a lot of Korean fans have had negative experiences where um, sometimes the players aren't welcomely received or there's been some incidents of racism or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, with with so many Japanese players playing well and enjoying life in Scotland, you know, it's very it's a very positive image for Celtic in Korea. And I think and I personally hope that O's transfer and, and hopefully a success um, is just the start for um, a Korean and then Celtic connection. I was going to say that, Jason, it must be an exciting time for, you know, yourselves, journalists and just media alike and, and just the, the country scene, the, these kind of things happen to to your players and that your football is now seen as a kind of a, an untapped market and things could happen in, in the future, you know? Absolutely. More than anything else, it's it's very it's very useful to have someone who obviously we've we've only been looking into O for what the last two, three weeks, maybe maybe a month or something like that. Whereas getting someone like yourself on Jason who not only knows more about him but just about the the landscape that he's coming from to Scotland. It's very, very useful for us, Tony. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, uh, you know, you say at the top of the programme, expert and journalist, but I think both of them, in your case, Jason, fit very well because that's a brilliant card marker. It's, it expands our knowledge as well of the game in, in your country, the, the kind of players. And then when you were talking about there, about the Japanese players and the Korean players can be comparable. I mean, Celtic have an unbelievable success with the Japanese players that have come to the club, and if O is anything like the Japanese players that are, are currently there, then I think I think people like myself and Sean will get excited about O and the fact that he's only 21. You're saying there's improvement there in his game and working under a manager like Ange Postacoglu, who's improved the Japanese guys to a great degree since they've come in. So I think it's a win-win for everybody, really, isn't it? For sure. And I think it's fairly a low risk signing as well. Like, I, I don't know the, the financial situation of Celtic, but I'm sure that um, like there's going to be a lot of Korean marketing going on and hopefully taking advantage of that with O signing. And that kind of mitigates the risk a little bit. And, you know, if in the worst case scenario, if it doesn't work out, you know, it'll be a similar, if not slightly reduced transfer fee back to Korea and he starts over again. So I think, you know, it's it's it, there is definitely some risk there. I'm not saying there's any risk. But, you know, I think it's worth it considering the upside. And, you know, if he plays and thrives for, for Celtic, for you guys, for, you know, three to four years, and then you get a good chunk of transfer fee if you sell him off. I think that's the best case scenario. Is the dream for you, Jason, he does well at Celtic and then transfers to Spurs? Yes. trajectory <laughs> you want to see him, yeah. Yeah. To see him go, yeah. Yeah, take over, take over Sandro then, yeah. Uh, yeah. When he, he <laughs> call it a day type thing yeah is that is that what you see them that is that the, the dream image in your mind that's the pathway i'm thinking of <laughs> uh jason the, the this is a kind of 
looking ahead to the future thing for him probably too fast, but he's already got one cap for the national team, am I right in saying that? Um, you're saying that there might be the adjustment period, maybe give him, give him six months to a year to, to bed in and different things. In about a year's time, the, the, the Asian Cup is expected, the postponed Asian, Asian Cup will be, be taking place. Is that a kind of... Is that a destination that he's probably looking at by the time he's settled in at Celtic? That's somewhere he wants to be called up for? For sure. And I think that his main competition right now is the player that Celtic were also linked to, Cho Gi-sung. Those two are the two young emerging Korean strikers. And the fact that Celtic were linked to both, you know, just shows the um, the ability of the Celtic scouting department. So, you know, if he impresses in Celtic and Korea... Korea are actually in a, um, in a state right now where they're looking for a new manager. And if he catches the eye of the new manager, then I have no doubts that he'll be right there in contention to start at the Asian Cup. And Korea haven't won for, I think, 50, 60 years, which is which is really surprising because we're supposed, we're supposed to be one of the top uh, footballing countries in Asia. And, you know, it's probably going to be Son's last um, Asian Cup. And I don't know how familiar you guys with Kim Min Jae of Napoli, but we have the team mm-hmm. to really, really compete this year, and that's why I'm excited for Oak because if he if he develops under Postecoglou in Scotland, then he's going to help us win, bring the bring the trophy back home. Will you be getting up at ridiculous o'clock in the morning to chart O's uh, career progress when Celtic are playing matches, Jason? Will you be tuning in? I don't think that it's too, too early for me, Tony, because I'm in Canada right now. So I believe mm-hmm. that I only have to wake up. When do, when do you guys usually, when do you, when do you start usually play? It's either, either lunchtime on a, a weekend, maybe 3 p.m. at a weekend. If it's midweek, it will be 7.45, 8 p.m. at night. So, I mean, Alistair Johnston's family, they certainly, they yeah. certainly make, make, uh, yeah. make the games all over there. But No, I'll, I'll definitely be tuning in to, to a lot of Celtic games. <laughs> Excellent. John, you did have the question about uh, the compulsory military service, but that was well answered, wasn't it? Yes, I know that's that's fair enough. The, the, you says I take it he played for the military team that you mentioned, rather than uh, that. Yes. That's part of his his compulsory. Yes. So that's what the that's what the uh, Korean footballers yeah. usually do. They apply to that military team, and if they get accepted, mm-hmm. they basically play football while playing uh, while serving mm-hmm. in the military. And that's mm-hmm. where he that's helped him a lot too, because that helped him. Uh, put on a little bit, a lot of muscle, bulk up, really develop and grow into his frame. Hmm. And you know, he plays like a tank. I think, I think that a lot of Celtic fans are going to like him. Six it's foot so one, six foot one. He's oh, uh, okay. going to add a different dimension as well in that sense. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Also interesting to say that he he volunteered for that very early in his career because he clearly yes knew, knew that he had a pathway that he wanted to follow in terms of his football career that and get the military service done and dusted and then concentrate on his football. So I, I quite admire that, Jason, as well, that even one so young took that. It's a quite a, a big decision in your life, isn't it? Yes, very, very much so. And I think that it's going to be more of a trend now, if especially if he succeeds. Players yeah. can do that and say, let's get it over with, let's go to Europe as soon as possible, and then let's go from there. And European clubs will see that as that's something that they will sign players on the back of the fact that they have done their military service as opposed to ones that haven't, I would have thought, you know, so that checks that box as well for them, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. Brilliant. That was really, um, I feel enlightened, Sean. I feel that I know all about (laughs) Ona, yes. What about yourself? Oh, indeed, I just hope the viewers have got the same uh, same impression, yeah. (laughs) Well, finally, it just remains for Sean and myself to say, 
We hope you've enjoyed this transfer episode of the Celtic Way. We cannot thank Jason enough for his time and for letting the Celtic fans out there know a bit more about O. You can follow Jason on Twitter, the link to which is in the description of the video as well as our latest subscription offer for the website. This has been a Celtic transfer special with Tony Haggerty, Sean Martin and Jason Lee. We hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks very much, Jason.